rain. Purple rain, purple rain. You can't go without paying tribute to Prince on his birthday. June 7th, 1958 is when Prince was born and, of course, left us a little bit too soon at the age of 57. Would have been 65 today, but Purple Rain, one of my favorite Prince songs of all time. And, of course, if you do love Prince and, and love to see the impersonations, there's a great one tonight going downtown and, and put on by the Mobile Parks and Recreation Department. You can go check out Prince, I know there's a fee for that. Not quite sure how much it is, but Prince, you know, one of those artists that you you definitely know where you were and what you were listening to when you when you heard Prince. Michael Bronner, I know Prince was predated for you, but <laughs> I know you've heard Purple Rain. Oh, of sure. course, I know Purple. I don't know a whole lot of Prince, but you got to live under a rock to not okay. know Purple Rain. All right, you're all right there, and, and I tell you. <laughs> You know, a, a lot of folks wanted to crawl under a rock when they <laughs> found out that, that EA Sports College Football has an A-plus transition for you there. Was ending. I, I appreciate that, Ron. I appreciate that. Uh, a lot of people, you know, w were very frustrated when, when EA Sports stopped putting out their college football games. And I know we talked about it about a month and a half ago, the fact that EA Sports College Football was getting ready to come back in 2024, right? All excited knowing that it's it's going to come back. And it was in the game. I mean, <laughs> no question about it. But mm. now the College Football Players Association didn't even know there was such a thing. As that was, all, that was also news to me today. <laughs> I had no clue there was a College Football Players Association well, they want to boycott the bringing out of EA Sports college football because of the amount that is rumored to be paid per player. We mentioned a while back you could either as a college football player opt in or opt out of the 2024 game, right? So with that being said, Michael Bronner, they were going to offer you $500 to be in the video game. They were going to pay you for your name, your image, and your likeness. Mm -hmm. Which, 500 bucks? Okay, great. It's 500 bucks more than you had for your name being in a video game the, uh, the day before. Now, now here's, here's the problem that, that, that you start to have. The vice president of the College Football Players Asso Association, Justin Falacini, and I hope I'm saying that right, but he made mention what the NFL players are getting paid for their name, image, and likeness in Madden. How much do you think NFL players are played for their for their name, image, and likeness to appear in Madden? $28,000. Yeah, that would be twenty-eight dollars Pretty Pretty good educated guess. Did I guess that on right the dot? There. You did. I you knew. did. I knew it. $28,000 is what Sorry to NFL ruin the drama there. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I had no clue that that's what the players were making in the NFL to be on Madden also. I knew that it's a billion-dollar game without question. Now, as a college student, a lot of the players you see tweeting out today say, look, pay me my 500 I want to be in the damn game. 
And and that that's what it's all about to me because EA Sports logo and trademark, when you popped in that PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3, you heard EA Sports. It's in the game. Well, you want to be in the game. And if you opt out, then they can create some avatar that, that doesn't resemble you. But for 500 bucks, to me, it's worth being in a college football game that you can tune in and play 20 years from now on a console that you get from a pawn shop or from a flea market or from an antique shop. Because I know going back to NCAA football, 97, 98, 99, yep. or 2000, some 23 years ago, you're seeing guys, you're not going to see their names. QB number 10. That's exactly what you, you'll see. You'll see QB. But it'll look like an A.J. McCarron. Or it'll look like a Pat White. And that's what you want. But now that if you opt into this new game in 2024, you will see your name on the back of the jersey, like I say, for eternity, mm -hmm. as long as video games exist. Yeah, so I'll say this. I, I do get it from the College Football Players Association from the perspective of how do you measure the worth of a Caleb Williams, of a Bryce Young. It's obviously more than $500. I get it. Think about 95% of athletes that will be in this game. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, the third string tight end. Like, I don't think you can have some sort of scale where everyone's getting a different amount. Like, so the fact that it's just one unified, everyone gets 500 I don't know if that's how it works in Madden, but yeah. we talked about it the other day. These guys aren't employees as of right now. So, like, $500, yeah, it's it's not a ton of money. But, you know, and if you don't want to take it, then don't be in the game. But I don't know, man. It, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a dilemma, and I, I do get where they're coming from. But at the same time, it's like $500 for 90% of the players who will be in the game is about worth it. So, it's like if you're the star player, why 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 hold out and – what does that do for you? Well, well, here's the problem that I have. So, all right, we mentioned yesterday you have Nick Saban, other athletic directors and coaches in Washington, D.C. right now to get some type of regulation on name, image, and likeness, right, to, to, to make it to where it's universally good for, for all parties involved. And I think competitive balance is the word that was used yesterday by Nick Saban, competitive balance. Well, here it is, Angel Reese at LSU, again, making over $2 million in name, image, and likeness endorsements. Again, if you're worth that much, like, you're going to make money. You're so going to like, make it. Just make but, it but, from other avenues. But, but here's the thing. Bryce Young, when he's making over a million dollars, right, the, the, the starting punter is not making that. The starting wide receiver is not making that. So if you regulated at $500 across the board and someone in the app says, you know, $500, so the player on the cover should only get $500. Well, if that's what you want to make and that's what everybody's getting, absolutely. Because if that's all the money they had to produce the game, yeah, they're going to make their billions of dollars. And they have it's not It's not, a, you know, I don't want to hear EA crying financial issues, no, but it, no. it, it's not that, but... 
you know, I, I think it, it gets into a whole other issue if you're trying to give players different amount. I, I don't know. It, it seems like that's the easiest solution. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this more a little bit later. I, I think that that's going to be very important when you look at what college athletes, and again, I, I look forward to hearing what a lot of people in Washington had to say today. But EA Sports, it's in the game. People just want to play the game. And if you opt out, opt out. But they're offering to pay you as a collegiate athlete $500 more than you definitely would. The final drive will be right back. Corey Labounty and Michael Brauner joining you. Taylor Gasper as this from 24-7 will join us next here on the final drive. Hi, this is ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen, and you're listening to WNSP Mobile. tribute to Prince on his birthday. June 7th, 1958 is when Prince was born and of course left us a little bit too soon at the age of 57. Would have been 65 today, but Purple Rain, one of my favorite Prince songs of all time. And of course, if you do love Prince and, and love to see the impersonations, there's a great one tonight going downtown and and put on by the mobile parks and recreation department you can go check out prince i know there's a fee for that not quite sure how much it is but prince you know one of those artists that you you definitely know where you were and what you were listening to when you when you heard prince michael bronner i know prince was pre-dated for you but <laughs> i know you've heard purple Rain oh of sure. course i know purple i don't know a whole lot of prince but you gotta live under a rock to not okay. know purple rain all right you're all right there and, and <laughs> i tell you you know a, a lot of folks wanted to crawl under a rock when they found <laughs> out that that ea sports college football has an a plus transition for you there was ending i, I appreciate that ron i appreciate that uh, a lot of people you know, we're very frustrated when, when EA Sports stopped putting out their college football games. And I know we talked about it about a month and a half ago, the fact that EA Sports college football was getting ready to come back in 2024, right? All excited knowing that it's it's going to come back. And it was in the game. I mean, <laughs> no question about it. But mm-hmm. now... The College Football Players Association didn't even know there was such a thing. As that was, the all, that was also news to me today. <laughs> I had no clue there was a College Football Players Association. Well, they want to boycott the bringing out of EA Sports College Football because of the amount that is rumored to be paid per player. We mentioned... A while back, you could either, as a college football player, opt in or opt out of the 2024 game, right? So with that being said, Michael Bronner, they were going to offer you $500 to be in the video game. They were going to pay you for your name, your image, and your likeness, Mm -hmm. which 
500 bucks. Okay, great. It's 500 bucks more than you had for your name being in a video game the uh, the day before. Now, now here's here's the problem that 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 you start to have. The vice president of the College Football Players Association, Justin Falacini, and I hope I'm saying that right, but he made mention what the NFL players are getting paid for their name, image, and likeness in Madden. How much do you think NFL players are played for their for their name, image, and likeness to appear in Madden? $28,000. Yeah, that would be twenty eight k. Pretty Pretty good educated guess. Did I guess that on right the dot? There. You did. I you knew. did. I knew it. $28,000 is what NFL Sorry to ruin the drama there. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I had no clue that that's what the players were making in the NFL to be on Madden also. I knew that it's a billion-dollar game without question. Now, as a college student, a lot of the players you see tweeting out today say, look, pay me my 500 I want to be in the damn game. And and that that's what it's all about to me because – EA Sports logo and trademark, when you popped in that PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3, you heard EA Sports. It's in the game. Well, you want to be in the game. And if you opt out, then they can create some avatar that, that doesn't resemble you. But for 500 bucks, to me, it's worth being in a college football game that you can tune in and play 20 years from now on a console that you get from a pawn shop or from a flea market or from an antique shop. Because I know going back to NCAA football, 97, 98, 99, or 2000, some 23 years ago, you're seeing guys, you're not going to see their names. QB number 10. That's exactly what you'll see. You'll see QB, but it'll look like an A.J. McCarron or it'll look like a Pat White. And, that's what you want. But now that if you opt into this new game in 2024, you will see your name on the back of the jersey, like I say, for eternity, mm-hmm. as long as video games exist. Yeah, so I'll say this. I, I, I do get it from the College Football Players Association from the perspective of how do you measure the worth of a Caleb Williams, of a Bryce Young it's obviously more than $500. I get it. Think about 95% of athletes that will be in this game. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, the third string tight end. Like, I don't think you can have some sort of scale where everyone's getting a different amount. Like, so the fact that it's just one unified, everyone gets 500 I don't know if that's how it works in Madden, but yeah. we talked about it the other day. These guys aren't employees as of right now. So, like, $500, yeah, it's it's not a ton of money. But, you know, and if you don't want to take it, then don't be in the game. But I don't know, man. It, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a dilemma, and I, I do get where they're coming from. But at the same time, it's like $500 for 90% of the players who will be in the game is about worth it. So, it's like if you're the star player, why 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 hold out and – what does that do for you? Well, well, here's the problem that I have. So, all right, we mentioned yesterday you have Nick Saban, other athletic directors and coaches in Washington, D.C. right now to get some type of regulation on name, image, and likeness, right? 
to 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 make it to where it's universally good for for all parties I- I involved and i think competitive balance is the word that was used yesterday by Nick Saban competitive balance well here it is angel reese at lsu again making over 2 million dollars in name image and likeness endorsements again if you're worth that much like you're going to make money you're so going like, to make it just make but, it but, from other avenues but but here's the thing Bryce Young when he's making over a million dollars right the 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 starting punter is not making that the starting wide receiver is not making that so if you regulated at $500 across the board and someone in the app says you know $500 so the player on the cover should only get $500. Well, if that's what you want to make and that's what everybody's getting, absolutely because if that's all the money they had to produce the game, yeah, they're going to make their billions of dollars. And they have it's not it's not a, you know, I don't want to hear EA crying financial issues, no, but it, no. it, it's not that, but you know, I I think it it gets into a whole other issue if you're trying to give players different amount. I I don't know. It it seems like that's the easiest solution, so I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll talk about this more a little bit later. I, I think that that's going to be very important when you look at what college athletes. And again, I, I look forward to hearing what a lot of people in Washington had to say today. But EA Sports, it's in the game. People just want to play the game. And if you opt out, opt out. But they're offering to pay you as a collegiate athlete five hundred more dollars than you definitely would. The final drive will be right back. Corey LeBounty and Michael Brauner joining you. Taylor Gasper Estes from 24-7 will join us next here on The Final Drive. Hi, this is ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen, and you're listening to WNSP Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with my producer, Michael Brauner, joining you on this hump day, Wednesday. And we hope everyone is having an outstanding week so far. And it's always a pleasure to talk with Taylor Gaspar Estes. She's tier lead managing editor for at 24-7 Sports. And, of course, a lot going on with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC. Good afternoon, Taylor. Thanks for joining us here on The Final Drive. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me on. Well, I, I know here in Mobile, Alabama, especially this weekend in Austin, Texas, there was a, a pretty special visitor who made his unofficial visit there and KJ Lacey the state championship quarterback from Saraland High School and I know he he made Steve Sarkeesian pretty happy with his verbal commitment to the Longhorns yeah no doubt about it I mean this was a big pickup for Texas and you know the the 2025 recruiting class and it just kind of is the um, a little bit of the trend I would say for Steve Sarkeesian since he has been the head coach at Texas of getting these, you know, kind of honing in on the quarterbacks that they really want to bring to campus and being able to secure them. I mean, um, you look at Texas quarterback room, even entering this football season, there's a lot of talent there. Obviously, it's really young talent led by Quinn Ewers, but, you know, backup quarterback Malik Murphy, he got a lot of interest from um, 
Power Five schools. I believe Alabama was included in that um, as a potential transfer after the spring football period when the transfer window opened up, and then obviously Texas added early enrollee five-star um, Arch Manning, um, who's going to be a little bit more of a work in progress. But um, you know, I think Texas landing KJ Lacey is a huge get, especially early on. I mean, when you what, what I've seen from at least Steve Sarkeesian when he gets quarterback commits, usually other commitments typically follow. And so, um, you know, getting a 24-7 sports composite, um, four-star, you know, and number 70 nationally ranked in KJ Lacey um, for the future just kind of further puts a little bow, I, I would say, on Steve Sarkeesian's quarterback recruiting in the state of Texas and outside the state of Texas, too. Yeah, Taylor, I want to ask you about Arch Manning for a minute. I mean, obviously, he's one of the most hyped-up prospects of all time and whether that be because he's that spectacular or because his last name is Manning or a mixture of both frankly I I mean is it just the type of situation where Sarkeesian like is is Texas maybe I don't want to say disappointed but Quinn Ewers is a superstar and, and I don't think anyone was doubting that he was going to be the starter this year like Texas set up pretty dang well if if they can go from Manning or Ewers to Manning to Lacey yeah, I mean, I think that's the case, and I think, honestly, one of the things that people are kind of overlooking is Malik Murphy, honestly. I mean, you know, he was a really a highly rated four-star quarterback coming out of California um, in the 2022 recruiting cycle. He came into Texas with an injury that he actually suffered in his state championship game when he led his high school to a state championship out there. And so he spent his first full year injured for the most part, didn't really get much practice or anything, but he really has stepped it up big time too. And I think everybody has kind of overlooked him a little bit. You know, I think the national headline has been, you know, is there a quarterback controversy in Austin, quote unquote, and it's like, there's not. The, Quinn Ewers is obviously the starter. If you're going to look at a controversy, it's going to be between Malik Murphy and Arch Manning. Or, or I can't say controversy. I should say uh, competition. Probably the better one of who's going to be the number two guy. Um, but, you know, with Arch Manning, I think everyone, with how much hoopla and everything that followed his recruitment, I think the general public like assessment was that he was going to compete day one once he was on campus. But behind the scenes, the Manning family never really wanted that for Arch Manning when he, uh, in, in, at any school for that matter, um, in his recruiting process. They, you know, the Mannings were very, very meticulous with the way that they um, they handled every single aspect of his recruitment. They, the thing that they were looking for the most was for him to find a quarterback coach who's going to develop him at the highest level, but he wasn't going to have to be relied upon day one or wasn't having to be looked at as the quote-unquote savior of a football program. And so that is what really led him to Austin. So, um, you know, the the plan all along has been for Arch Manning to redshirt his, his freshman year and then probably, you know, if all things go the way that I think Steve Sarkeesian, the staff hope, maybe, you know, Quinn Ewers moves on to the NFL um, since he will be draft eligible potentially next year. And then there's a battle between Malik Murphy and Arch Manning. So um, there's a lot of moving pieces there, but I would say that, you know, um, any expectation of Arch Manning being a type of, you know, day one starter was never really the case. And this is actually playing out the way that both the Manning family expected and the Texas coaching staff expected to. Taylor Gasper Estes, our guest on the final drive this afternoon, tier lead managing editor for tw editor for 24-7, talking Texas. Taylor, 
I mean, this, now you're three for Steve Sarkeesian. I think it'd be fair to say that going into this season is probably the mo the highest expectations Texas had for a while. They have one of the most talented offenses in the country. Bar it, like, is it crazy for me to sit here and say, let's say Texas were to severely underachieve this season? I don't know, seven and five. Is it, does Sarkeesian's seat get a little bit warm at that point? I think so. I think yeah. The, and you know, I've I've always been a um, very hesitant to put coaches on the hot seat, especially at Texas, because it has been just a constant coaching carousel, it feels like. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how many assistant coaches ever really even got to, you know, coach their recruits that they brought in once they were juniors because there's constant change. And so, you know, with, with the roster that Steve Sarkeesian and his staff have built, I would say that this that would be fair if Texas were to go 7-5, and five, say, and um, not make it to a Big 12 championship, you know, title appearance or anything like that. I definitely think his his seat gets warm. Um, now, I I would be a little surprised. I mean, barring massive injury, right? Like if the starting quarterback and the whole offensive line or something is diminished, and then they finish seven and five, you've got to kind of take that probably as a win a little bit, you know. But like assuming. Um, you know, the, the key positions stay healthy, especially at quarterback, especially at the offensive line. I think te this is a Texas team that is poised to make a run. And I haven't said that very much, if ever, actually, I would say, in my career in covering Texas. I covered Texas for 12 seasons um, on the Texas football beat. And I've never been in a position where I felt confident in saying something like that. And I do feel that about this Texas team. I really do think that this is a very, very talented team. Um, obviously, they have... Um, some new opponents, you know, on the schedule with um, the the four teams joining the Big 12 this year, um, and so and then also facing Alabama in the non-conference. But I think I, I would say if Texas does not have an appearance in the Big 12 title, it would be considered a letdown season for Texas, and would probably start you know warming up Steve Sarkeesian's seat for sure. Taylor Gaspar Estes, tier lead managing editor at 24/7 Sports, joining us this afternoon on the final drive and and Taylor Texas coming into the SEC in 2024 along with Oklahoma you you know you love that Red River rivalry and we love rivalry games especially in the Southeastern Conference and there's plenty of them but divisionless football coming to the SEC when Texas does join I know there has to be a lot of excitement knowing look we don't have an East and a West. If we take care of our business and are one of the top two teams, we can be the new big dog on the SEC block. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's going to be really fascinating to see. I think it's what a week from today that the SEC is supposed to announce what that future conference schedule is going to look like once Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see. I was a little disappointed to see that they're going with an eight-game conference schedule. I really thought that, you know, if you want to be the big dog, right, in college football, and, and the SEC has been historically, play nine conference games. That's always been my, my kind of take on it, especially when you're adding two other teams to an already, you know, big conference. So it's going to be really fascinating. I would say the one rivalry game that um, whether you talk to Texas fans or Texas A&M fans, they may say that they don't want it back. They all want it back. Is that game. I mean, that, that was a historic rivalry that, you know, when A&M left the Big 12 to go to the SEC has not been around. And I think that 
college football is better when those type of rivalries are played. And so I'm really excited. I'm hoping, you know, just from like an outsider looking in, I'm really hoping that the SEC does schedule Texas and Texas A&M in, you know, the 2024 season because I really think that will be a marquee, you know, must-watch type of game. There's some serious hatred between those two fan bases, and that's what makes college football great. I mean, rivalries and NFL are great and all, but, like, there's nothing like the college football rivalry, the passion of the fans. So with all of the the changes, you know, the addition of Texas and OU and the SEC, there's already some other rivalries that have been historic, like Texas and Arkansas, even, you know, dating back to uh, the Southwest Conference back in the day. There's a lot of excitement, I think, um, among the fan bases for Texas and Oklahoma, and honestly, in covering them. I mean, some of the games that I've covered at Texas, not to knock them, but some of the home games haven't been great, you know, and so being able to see, like, the big dogs kind of come to the University of Texas will be something that I know that the Texas administration is really going to embrace and going to be really excited for, too. Taylor, we've spent a lot of time talking about this Texas-Alabama matchup. I contend it's probably the biggest non-conference game in Bryant-Denny history. It's going to be under the lights. I mean, I'm probably of the opinion that I think Texas is going to win the game. I, what, what's the general mood in Austin headed to Bryant-Denny after a one-point loss in Austin last season? I think that there, I would say it's probably a little bit more um, positive and more confident going into that game than most people probably would have expected. I think that, you know, you never want to count out a Nick Saban coached Alabama team. Obviously, the record, you know, says itself with Alabama at home win night games. I mean, I think what was the last loss they had at home at night, Ole Miss, back in 2015 or something? I mean, they are so good there. But I would say Texas catching them in week two it's probably pretty beneficial considering, you know, maybe they're they're not really sure what the quarterback situation is at Alabama, Texas, assuming all things kind of like play out and fall camp the way that everyone's expecting it to. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm crazy to say this, but I kind of agree with you. I think that Texas may have the edge in that game. And if you would have asked me that two years ago, I would have been like, I would never say that. That's insane. Like, who am I? <laughs> you know? So I really do think that Texas getting them early in the season is potentially going to lead to Texas possibly pulling an upset or taking a win, whether they're favored or not in that game. Well, I, I know that, again, the SEC is going to welcome Texas with open arms for sure. And the fact that they just so happen to have Alabama on the schedule the last two years, it, it makes it even more intriguing to depending on what does happen in that game. And if Texas is able to, to steal one from the Crimson Tide early, you mentioned that it would definitely take the hot seat off of Steve Sarkeesian, I think it would give him kind of like that Jimbo Fisher grace to where Jimbo was the first to beat Nick. But but I do have a, a question for you, and, and you may or may not play video games, but EA Sports with the college football that is coming out, I, I have a question. Did you realize, and I didn't know this, I had no clue that there was a college football players association. Were you aware that there was even such a thing in college football? You know, it's funny that you say that because there, I was in on a, a Slack channel with our national team today, and they were kind of talking about that. I did not realize that that was a thing. Um, it will be interesting to see how that all plays out. I would say I'm not, I'm not too familiar with any of the details about it, but I, it looks like some are trying to boycott it potentially or something. Um, 
you know, I, I, I remember back when I was in college, honestly, and I, I knew players on the football team, and they liked playing, you know, the NCAA football because they would see them, basically, on the, uh, on the video game. Obviously, they weren't getting paid then. But I, I do think, I don't, know, I don't know what to think about it. I probably don't have enough information to really make much of a statement about it. But I definitely did not know that that was a thing until literally today when it was brought up in the Slack channel for 24-7 yeah, National. I had no clue. So, so don't feel bad there. I had no clue that there was a college football <laughs> players association. I, I want to get your prediction here in baseball a little bit. Texas at Stanford, Super Regionals. Will the Longhorns survive? Will they be able to go ahead and steer Stanford in the wrong direction? Man, that's a great question. I mean, Texas baseball has been so up and down. And I come from a baseball family, so I know how much of a mental game it is. And I know how much it matters when you get hot, right? I mean, whatever happens, as long as you make it to the postseason, whatever happened before then, you can basically throw out the window. And I will say I was a little surprised. I wouldn't say Super surprised, but I, I was a little bit taken aback that Texas did come out of the Coral Gables Regional in the manner that they did. I mean, you know, wins uh, four to two win over Louisiana, and then back to back wins four to one, ten to six over Miami. Um, that, if Texas can continue that type of production, you know, especially from their starting pitchers Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson Jr., I really think that Texas could pull off the win. Um, I, I wonder how much of the weather is, I know it sounds silly, but how much of the weather out there in Palo Alto is going to impact it? I think it's supposed to be pretty cold. And Texas, obviously, is used to playing in the South. But overall, um, I, I feel like Texas is getting hot when it matters most. And it's, that's the type of team that I am always would say, don't count them out. So I kind of like Texas at Stanford. I don't know. Maybe I'll get, you know, hate mail coming out as that weekend saying that I was dumb for saying that. But I'm kind of buying the hype a little bit for David Pierce and the Texas team, especially with Aaron Johnson Jr., the, the pitcher there. I mean, I think he has done exceptionally well for the Longhorns this season. And if he can have an – I mean, he just finished a complete game, you know, against uh, Miami. If he can have another type of performance like that, I do like Texas chances. Taylor Gaspar Estes, cannot thank you enough for your time here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5 in Mobile, Alabama. And if people want to follow and see all of the great things that are going on at 24-7 Sports, how can they do so? Uh, you can follow me at Taylor Estes 24-7 on Twitter and then obviously 24-7 Sports National on Twitter. Thank you so much, and we look forward to meeting up and talking with you again very soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Taylor Gaspar Estes breaking down what's going on with the Longhorns. And, of course, they have to see the Crimson Tide the second week of the year, so we're excited about that. The final drive will be right back here on WNSP 105.5. Hi, I'm Joe Godfrey. I'm a big fan of 105.5 WNSP Sports. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. And, of course, we had the opportunity this morning to be on the campus of St. Michael's for their groundbreaking on their athletic facilities and what they're going to do to get started is start off with the football field of course 
I think they're going to go grass instead of artificial turf. And one of the things that I saw on Real Sports with Bryant Gumble was a study of playing on grass versus playing on turf. And that's one of the things when Sterling Dixon Jr. gets in with us this afternoon for the Mobile Finest segment. Do you think athletes love playing on grass or love playing on turf more? And I think that the new stadium, when it's built at St. Michael's, I think they're going with grass. Yeah, I think that answer is usually universally grass from athletes. Um, And you understand why I think scientifically it's shown to have less injuries and you're less prone to you know get caught and and have uh you know a twisted knee or anything like that and really it's just more pleasant to walk on uh, you know there's gra- grass is far superior i understand the appeal of turf it's less maintenance and you know once you pay for it and put it down it's done that's it uh besides you know maybe some yearly maintenance on i don't know you'd have to ask a groundskeeper but uh yeah i mean i think the pretty widely accepted answer to that question is grass oh it's a it's a no brainer as far as maintenance and upkeep the turf is is, it it speaks for itself you get rubber pellets installed probably about every three or four years and that's just ground up tires but you had an opportunity to to see st michael and and the facilities there that the cardinals are going to be able to call home i know they're excited in 2024 to call and have their own stadium. Yeah, great ceremony. Big thanks to Philip Rivers for taking some time and all the all the people out there at St. Michael's. Beautiful school. I'd never been out there before. Ton of land. It's uh it's gonna be great. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it comes out. Well, it is just not football. They're getting ready in phases to to include the baseball field, a softball field, a track, and soccer field. So the Cardinals are getting ready to continue to grow. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Hour number two coming up here right after the break. From Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. From local rising stars to Hall of Famers, Mobile and Baldwin County have been the starting point for some of the most successful sports figures in history. And now, exclusively on WNSP, we present the ultimate insider experience. Welcome to Mobile's Finest 
where we bring you unfiltered and in-depth conversations with the extraordinary athletes and coaches who call the Gulf Coast home and how they became Mobile's finest. Mobile's finest here on the final drive and in studio with us here at WNSP 105.5 is Sterling Dixon Jr. And we're excited to have the verbal commit to the University of Alabama in studio with this. That's what makes him really one of Mobile's finest in the fact that he's been playing high school football for longer than most. And I know that he's excited to, to get his senior year revved up and geared up and again, had an injury that took away pretty much one full year from you. Sterling Dixon Jr., welcome to the final drive, and it's a pleasure having you be one of Mobile's finest. Man, I'm blessed to be here. I appreciate you. Sterling, let, let's go right into your recruiting process. It's one of those situations to where as an edge rusher or a defensive lineman or a linebacker, because you have that strength, speed, and agility to play either one, what has the recruiting process been like for you? And when you did decide to verbally commit to Alabama, how many other teams have continued to try to woo you? Um, first of all, I just want to thank God and honestly just thank my parents and my coaches for just uh, putting me in this position because I couldn't be there without them. And um, honestly, it's just been crazy. Um, I've been blessed. Uh, a lot of people don't get the opportunity, so I've been just taking it all in, having fun with it. Um, it definitely gets stressful, but um, the University of Alabama, they show a tremendous amount of love. Um, they, they was calling me every day back when Pete Golden was there. Um, they had a bunch of linebacker, uh, linebacker coaches changes. But um, honestly, Everybody, everybody that they bring in is, is great. Uh, Nick Saban does a great job of bringing in the right coaches. And honestly, uh, it, it's when you go to Alabama, it's like a lifetime decision. Um, and not only it teaches you discipline on the field, but off the field. And also, it's it's it's, it's bigger than just football. There, I want to be a better person. Um, I want to run my own business someday. So I know they're gonna give me the structure and foundation that I need. So I'm going to try to go there and do my best. See, I love a man with a plan, and, and that plan and that vision is already in your mind for your future outside of football. So I know that means a lot to you and your family also. Sterling, first off, uh, you know, just appreciate you coming down here and, uh, you know, it means so much to have you in the studio. I, you know, staying on the recruiting thing, um, obviously, you know, like you brought up Pete Golden, and obviously he's at Ole Miss now. I'm, I'm curious, uh, from your perspective, how does that process change once you bring in a new defensive coordinator in Kevin Steele? Like, is it is it a different approach, or is it, you know, kind of the same? Like, how are they still contacting you and still recruiting you after you've already kind of committed? Um, so, uh, Kevin Steele, uh, he, he was recruiting me since eighth grade um, when he was recruiting, recruiting Deontay Lawson. So, me and him got to build a great relationship. He told me back then I was going to be special. So, that's, that, held, that held a lot of weight with me. Um, he got there and pretty much just um, – he kept recruiting me. Um, and, honestly, uh, he never sold me a dream. Uh, he told me to just come up and there and work hard as I can, and I'll, I'll definitely play. Um, he, he believes in me. Coach Saban believes in me. And the staff is pretty much the same. So, I know they're going to win. Um, everybody there is going to be disciplined. And it's, it's, it's a bright future. I can't wait. Well, you know, there, there's been that pipeline to Alabama from Mobile. And Auburn took it over during the Tommy Tuberville era, and they won six Iron Bowls in a row. And it kind of swung back to Nick Saban in the favor of the Alabama Crimson Tide. But w when you have an opportunity to know 
Is it really the position coaches or is it you yourself who are sometimes even better recruiters for players in 2025 like Orion Williams? And I know K.J. Lacey, big time star. He just commits to Texas and he's trying to pull Orion Williams away from the Crimson Tide. How much fun is it for you to put the recruiting hat on and be a recruiter for the school that you verbally committed to, Alabama? It's special. Uh I'm just blessed to be in the position, like I said earlier. Um, I enjoy the recruiting process. Uh, I want to play with the best, so I believe in going and getting the best. The Ron Williams, the KJ Lacey's, uh, they're definitely special. Um, man, KJ Lacey is definitely the, the, the next Bryce Young. Um, I watched this film, and I definitely believe in that guy. Uh, I feel like he's going to be a special player. Ron Williams is great. Um, Bobby Pruitt, that's my cousin. Uh, he's great. Um, we have a kid at our school named Floyd Bucart. He's special. Um, so I'm just really recruiting local guys because it takes – it takes local guys to do it. Um, Mobile has a lot of local guys, uh, Deontay Lawson, and a couple of more. So um, if, if we could just pull people here from our home state, it would be pretty special. And that's what you have to do. You have to build a wall around your own state because there is plenty of talent here in Mobile, Alabama, and Baldwin County as well. I mean, you have Perry Uno Thompson is one of those guys that is going to be possibly one of your teammates for the Crimson Tide. When you're on these recruiting trips – across the country i know do you build relationships and stay in touch with other guys or is it pretty much all right this weekend you're going to lsu next you're going to oregon or southern cal and you see the same guys pretty much on every single weekend visit that you make um you definitely see uh, a couple of different guys but for the most part it's the same guys um it's it's, it's crazy uh, a lot of those guys are going to be in the league one day so it's special for me just being in the same room as them and i'm just blessed to have the opportunity I'm just trying to take advantage of it now, capitalize, work hard as I can, and just honestly, uh, just take it all and just thank God for it. Sterling Dixon Jr. on Mobile's Finest here on WNSP 105.5, and we want to thank Sterling Dixon Jr. for taking time out of his schedule to join us. And I mentioned earlier that you did have a shoulder injury that really cut your sophomore season short, and I know that you – became a cerebral player and kind of a coach on the sideline as well. But talk about that rehab process, how your training went, who is your trainer and has helped you grow because I've sitting and watching you from an eighth grader until now your body continued to transform and you're just looking like you're getting faster and stronger. Talk about that. Um, Terrence Godwin is my trainer. Um, when I was injured, he kind of told me to, uh, take it slow. Um, and I just kind of took it day by day. I was kind of scared. Uh, didn't know if I was going to come back the same. That was a lot of questions with the college coaches. Uh, is he going to come back the same? Is he going to be healthy? And honestly, Terrence Godwin, uh, he's a big, big believer in God. So, um, he prayed for me each and every day uh, and just did a lot for me. He, he kept me up. Um, and then I just really kept working. Um, my parents talked to me, my coaches talked to me. So, I mean, it, it was just a blessing. It was a, a kind of a blessing and a curse that I got hurt, but I feel like it made me a better player overall. Sterling, you brought up Sterling Dixon, Mobile Christian, Alabama commit, our guest on the final drive this afternoon. You brought up a little bit, you know, the local talent in Mobile. Just talk about how much it means to, you know, I mean, you look at C.J. Mosley, you look at Deontay Lawson, you look at guys that have come from this area. Talk about what it means to try to be the next one and try to, you know, people talking a few years like, yeah, Sterling Dixon, he's from Mobile as well. 
Um, I'm like I said earlier, I'm just blessed. Uh, I'm I'm blessed to be in this position. Uh, I'm just taking it all in. Uh, honestly, uh, to me, it's bigger than that. I want to get to the league and be a Hall of Famer, and one day just wear a gold jacket. So, um, all I do is work. Uh, I work. I, I went through three workouts today. Um, after my team's workout, so I just believe in outworking the next man, praying, and then really just keeping God first. So, uh, it's 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 a blessing for me to even be in this position. From a circuit standpoint i know there's always seven on seven but there's these all american camps that you can go to and kind of capitalize and prove yourself to where it's the best of the best because when you're sitting in the stands or on a recruiting visit you don't have an opportunity to go live against these players and of course there's no helmets and pads but how much fun is it to go on these different circuits and and to have an opportunity to participate against some of the nation's best um, it's definitely crazy. Um, when I go to some camps, uh, I have a lot of fun. Um, I get to learn a lot of different stuff. Like in camps, it's like guys that six seven, six eight that you got to go against. Offensive tackles that's huge. So uh, you learn a lot. Um, you'll lose some, you're gonna win some, but overall you're gonna get better and you're gonna take some um, and just just take something to improve on your game. Sterling Dixon Jr. in the studio with us here, and he's one of Mobile's finest, and he's our guest here on the final drive now. In a defensive scheme, whether it's 3-4 or 4-3, let me ask you this. Do you feel more comfortable putting your fingers in the dirt, or would you rather be that stand-up edge rusher type of guy? Um, I like to be a stand-up edge rusher kind of guy because it honestly – um, it allows me to move. So uh, when I'm at defensive end, I a lot of times get triple teamed and double teamed. So uh, when I'm at inside linebacker or outside linebacker, they can move me around and they never know where I'm going to be. They can uh, show me and blitz somebody else. So it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of neat. It's uh, a bunch of stuff that you can do with me. So I feel like I'm very multiple. And honestly, that's what I've been working on this summer, um, actually trying to play the linebacker position at a high level. So um, Enrique, uh, he's been training me a bunch. And I really just appreciate him for um, just pouring into me. Yeah, Enrique Williams is one of those guys that understands it as well. And, and valuable information, South Alabama's all-time leading tackler. So he definitely knows how to plug a hole and pick the right gap to, to run through. But w when you look back and you, you're looking for that big explosive play, is it is it iron sharpens iron, the practice, or is it just the teammates working together for a certain game plan that you look forward to each and every Friday night? Um, it's really the teammates. Uh, they get me better each and every day. I feel like uh, they, they compete with me. Uh, they mess with me to uh, motivate me. So it's, it's a lot of different stuff that they do. Um, Coach Contra does a, a very great, great job of just uh, motivating us guys. So um, it's a blessing. So I thought it was so interesting, you know, when Corey asked you about being a stand-up versus a hand in the dirt and, you know, being a guy who's probably going to play for a Nick Saban defense, you got to become a student of the game. And, you know, just, uh, you know, how have, how do you think you've evolved in the film room? Just, uh, you know, learning different techniques and being able to master different type of uh, sets and stuff like that. Um, I was, I've been watching a lot of films since, like, ninth grade. Uh, I used to just look at teams for hours, but I really didn't know what I was looking at. Um, oh, as I evolved, I talked to different college coaches, and they kind of taught me how to watch film. Um, when you're going to offensive tackle, uh, you look at his hands. Um, you look at what he does uh, before the snap. Um, and you look at the quarterback, the running back. So it's a bunch of stuff that you can tell when it's running past. Um, and it's, it's just a bunch of stuff that I'm learning um, as I get older. Um, I'm not perfect at it. Uh, I still got room to grow. Uh, but I've been trying to learn from the best.
And that's the greatest thing. There, there's always that hunger and that desire in you to want to get better and, and to find a way to perfect or get better at your craft. I asked K.J. Lacey uh, a week ago who his game is modeled after, and he said Patrick Mahomes. So that's from a quarterback position, from a linebacker or from a defensive position. Is there a particular NFL player or college player that you really modeled your game after or you watch film on and try to say, hey, look, this, this is, I love the way that they're playing defense? Um, Harold Perkins, Darius Leonard, and um, Von Miller. Those are just fast guys. Uh, they give effort all the time, and that's, that's what I'm big on, um, just giving my uh, all every single play, um, even when I don't feel like it. So um, I watch a lot of the stuff that they do. Harold Perkins, majority of his sacks were like rundown sacks. He's a super fast guy. Um, super athletic can do good in coverage when they need them to. Uh, they can pretty much play them anywhere, and that's kind of uh, how I see myself playing. So one of the questions that we were talking about prior to you arriving here was the Real Sports with Bryant Gumble did a study on, on whether athletes love to play or there's more injuries on turf versus grass. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference as to which you like to play on, do you find yourself playing faster on turf versus grass? Does it feel softer on your legs and knees after a game? Which one do you prefer to play on? Uh, for me, it's, it's grass. Uh, it's just, with, with turf, you got the pellets of the stuff up in there. So when you fall a lot of time, you get uh, like turf bone, I mean, uh, turf burns. And honestly, uh, you get cuts and stuff after the game. So that's really just the biggest thing. Uh, on grass, it's just natural. You're falling on it all the time. We had a grass field last year, so I was kind of used to playing on that. So grass is definitely something that you prefer, and I, I understand that. I mean, when you start playing the game in the backyard or in the front yard or in the neighborhood, it's not on turf. I can tell you that. It, it's on the grass, Michael Bronner. Well, if you look at uh, like the Eagles in the Super Bowl, for example, obviously they were a team that you know had a dominant front seven and, and uh, you know said they had the most sacks since the '85 Bears, and then in the Super Bowl. For whatever reason, I don't know if the grass was slippery. They couldn't, uh, you know, they needed to change their cleats out a bunch of times. They couldn't get a grip and couldn't get to Mahomes. Probably part of that because it was Patrick Mahomes. But you know, that, have you ever experienced anything like that? Just not being like turf versus grass. I, I would imagine it's easier to get a grip on turf, but maybe like when you're in the open field, you can run like just the you know, the technicality of that. Explain that a little bit. Um, it, it has a lot to do with just body control. Um, and that's something that I had to work on this season too. Um. I, I uh, find myself just trying to go up in there for the big hit, running too fast and overrunning the play. So um, it has a lot to do with body control, uh, staying staying within your body. So that's really about it. All-star games, y you stay healthy. I know that that's something that at the end of the year, a, a lot of people say that they love doing or, or to be recommended, whether it's the Under Armour All-American game, whether it's the former Army all-American game, Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. Do you have any personal goals in your upcoming season that you draw on the board? Look, I, I, I want to hit this standard. I want to hit this mark. Or is it just about, look, I'm like the Joker. I can take seven shots as long as we win. Mm. I don't care. I, is that your mentality? Um, 
I'm, I def I'm definitely all about winning, but I definitely have goals for myself um, that I sit out e each and every year. And um, honestly, I want the sack record. Uh, that's that's the biggest thing I've been uh, looking at. And I got to get 15 sacks until I get it. So I looked it up online like two, three days ago. And that's really what I'm going for this year. I want the sack record. Uh, I want to go down as one of the best passers in Alabama history. In the history of Alabama, 15 sacks. We need what, two, two sacks a game almost to make that happen? I think we can make that happen. Yeah. Yes, sir. And look. I, I just want to – I'm excited now because he, here's the thing now. Uh, the O-line coaches better beware now. You have you have a player that's 15 sacks away from being the state of Alabama's, the state of Alabama's all-time leading sacker. And we're not talking about groceries or potatoes. We're talking about football players that he's having an opportunity to feast on on Friday night. So I, I love the fact that that is – on your board and, and you know i know you care about winning because again i've watched you continue to mature and grow physically and mentally and a couple of things i want to talk to you about here as as we wrap up family talk about what your family means to you and give your folks by name shouts out because i know you wouldn't be here without them um my mom uh sayana dixon uh, that's my stepmom. Uh, my real mom is uh, Brittany Young. Uh, my dad, uh, Sterling Dixon. Uh, we kind of just work out as a group. Um, and my siblings pretty much help with that. It's a lot of the time that they'll step out of the way and let me go train. Or it's a lot of the time that they need Roz to go do something. And they'll uh, just, just be like, man, go do what you got to do. So um, with my dad, it was countless hours when he had work at 7. And he had work 12 hours shift. So he worked 7 from 7. So it'll be a lot of the time that he'll be tired. Uh, he'd be just getting out work and he'll still go do for me and sit outside when I couldn't drive and just watch me train. So um, it, it was just crazy. My mom, she gave up countless hours. It was things that she could have been doing, but she was taking me to train. Uh, she was washing my clothes, make, making sure I ate. So um, my family, they, that's pretty much the most important thing to me. Um, I, and I appreciate them for just doing what they're doing for me. That's part of why um, I'm, I'm here and really why uh, I'm trying to get to the league. I got to feed my family and make sure that they're straight. I love the fact that you're hungry and you want to eat. And you mentioned earlier in the interview, business is the route that you want to go to when you pursue that degree and a, a business degree at Alabama. A lot of people put the hats on the table. I know you had your commitment. And, and is K.J. Lacey said his commitment to Texas is 1,000%. Your commitment to Alabama, is it 1,000% as well? Uh, most definitely. Uh, it's just been a, a lot of schools just trying to create some noise. Uh, a lot of schools just been throwing the kids and sink at me. Uh, man, it's just, it's just been crazy. Uh, they, they make they definitely make it stressful. Uh, they definitely do stuff to uh, make you think. But honestly, I'm trying to stay committed to Alabama. Uh, I see a bright future there. Just with the discipline thing. Uh, at other schools, I might not grow as as a, a person. And honestly, I want to grow as a person. I feel like they'll do a lot for me. And on the field, um, they're going to make me a complete player because <laughs> my whole career I've been running away from linebacker. But now I'm embracing it, and I know they're going to help me learn at it. What do, you, what do you see in Nick Saban that makes you 1,000% committed to the Crimson Tide, both on and off the field? Um, just a great guy. Um, it's, it's a person that you can learn from. He's definitely a mentor. Um, he's been there and done certain things. And his system just, it just works. Uh, 
you can't you can't go wrong with it. Um, a lot of players they go up in there not focused, but I know my goals and I know my aspirations, so I gotta go up in there and be focused. Uh, and I know uh you gotta be, give up something to be great. So I'm gonna give up my time. Uh, when everybody out partying, I'm gonna be up in the lab and just grinding. That's that's really just the biggest thing. They just redid their weight room, so you're gonna have a beautiful lab to get into and and work with. The second to none in the country and from a business standpoint do you want to own your own business is there a particular thing that you want to do with the business degree um that's that's something that i've been thinking about uh my dad does a good job of uh pretty much talking to me he helps me manage a lot of stuff uh we just recently went to an nil seminar just to learn stuff like that but um he definitely plays a pivotal role uh he keeps up with certain stuff so i i, I trust him with my life <laughs> and Name, i appreciate image, it and likeness you like the nil situation let me ask you this you grew up probably playing madden and video games Most definitely. now ea sports they're possibly bringing college football back in 2024 they're offering athletes $500 to opt in. Most definitely. Would you opt in to a video game and be there forever, 20 years from now, when you play that game, you'll still be a part of it, seeing your name and mm. your name, image, and likeness on the game, or would you opt out? I'm going to opt in, just because it's something special. Uh, a lot of people are going to be trying to play with you. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are going to know your name just because of it. So it just helps your brand go overall. Um, and that's just that's just going to be a blessing uh, to just see myself on a video game. It's special. Well, when you continue to grow and you make it past Alabama and fulfill those dreams that you've set for yourself, $28,000 a player to be in Madden. So I know that's something – that you'll like that check just by knowing that you're on a roster, you're going to get paid there for sure. And Corey, you know, it sounds like we're going to be able to sack the Auburn quarterback with Sterling Dixon. <laughs> I, I love it. You know, you, you get after it no matter what his number is going to be. We know that Sterling Dixon Jr. will be something that we opt into when we play EA Sports College Football 2024 and moving forward in Madden. Sterling Dixon Jr., folks, joining us this afternoon, Mobile's finest, Sterling Dixon Jr. And especially, a special thanks to you for taking time out of your schedule to training schedule to join us this afternoon here on the final drive. And we want to wish you the best and a big roll tie to you. Man, I appreciate y'all. It's a blessing. Uh, y'all can have me here in the time. Thank y'all. Sterling Dixon Jr. joining us here on Mobile's finest on the final drive. War Eagle, this is Butch Thompson, head baseball coach at Auburn University. You're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty, along with my producer, Michael Brauner, joining you this afternoon and want to thank Sterling Dixon Jr. for jumping on our Mobile's Finest segment. And, of course, Sterling is verbally committed to Alabama and look forward to, to seeing his upcoming senior season and, and 15 sacks away from being a record holder and, and being Alabama's, the state of Alabama's all-time leading sack getter. And I, I think that that would, look, I would not want to be an offensive lineman or a coach who is sitting trying to come up with a strategy to keep him 
from getting those sacks because his his pursuit, his speed is definitely second to none, and, and he's bulking up too. So that's, you know, to go along with that wiry frame, he's putting some muscle mass on it. I can only imagine what he's going to look like this time next year for sure, Bronner. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm not betting against that him getting him getting 15 sacks this year. Whew, man, he's uh, what an impressive young man. I, you know, again, huge thanks to Sterling for hopping on. That was really cool. Appreciate and, him coming and, down. And it was interesting to, to hear what he had to say about grass versus turf. And I know we've had some people to, to chime in and, and say players love the grass for speed and less injuries. And, again, you're absolutely right. People – use turf because it's less maintenance and the rubber pellets that are there you don't have to worry about the rain though because when those storms come you can still get your practices on so i i don't know you know i know injuries are more prone to turf versus grass but if it's raining on the outside i definitely would love to have an indoor turf or, or just a covered turf facility or turf facility to make sure i still have my practice without being sloppy and muddy because some people's practice field or their game day field. And that was an interesting aspect that Sterling talked about wanting to play on the grass. And I, I tell you, somebody wanting to play tonight is the Miami Heat trying to make it two games in a row over the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets found a way to blow a 15-point lead versus the Miami Heat, I, I think that here it is tonight. I know basketball is a game of runs. We understand that. But tonight, I think if there's a double-digit lead by either team, you won't see it come down to a last-second shot the way we saw it come down on Sunday. Like if a team goes up 10, it's over? If a team goes up 12 or more tonight, it's over. It's not going to come down I don't know. To, to a last possession shot. It's not going to come down to what it did in game two, Michael Bronner, if there's a double-digit lead. Because that's where I feel that these teams and the coaches are going to make their adjustments and learn from the mistakes. And I think that they're going to find a way. And, again, if the Heat are able to take two games in a row, the Denver Nuggets uh, are in trouble. I'd say but they're in trouble already. I, no, I, I think they're okay. It, it's just it, what it did was it didn't make it a sweep. In trouble is probably not the right word. No, but it, it's the a pressure is game series. The pressure is squarely on Denver uh, at this point. You're headed to Miami. Got to play two games in Miami. You got to figure Miami's probably going to find a way to get one of them. Miami, like point being, Miami did their job. You win one on the road in the yep. first two. You you've done your job. You've uh, you've effectively taken home court advantage back. You find a way to win tonight? Mm, I don't know. But but here's the, the critical factor for Bam Adebayo. And, and he hasn't played consistent the entire playoffs. But what you're seeing here through two games is Bam averaging 20 points a game and nine and a half rebounds a game. Butler's averaging 23 points a game. That's why you're sitting there and you're at one game apiece. Because if Bam doesn't come to play tonight, you have to have Butler and Bam, to me, playing well for the Heat to have a chance to win. Yeah. It, it can't be Vincent and Butler 
to me, it has to be Bam and Butler. I think it's a combination of both. You know, we've we've done the oversimplification of if the Heat are making threes, they win or have a good chance to win. Uh, so, you know, if uh, obviously Bam's not out there making threes, so you know, obviously it's helpful if Bam is playing well and it, and it's kind of the straw that serves the drink on offense and opens up a lot of those three point opportunities for you know Struess and Gabe Vincent. So. Uh, you know, they they really just need the offense to click, and if Bam is playing well, it opens up those opportunities for the other guys, and obviously open shots lead to made shots. So you know, again, just uh, the greatest oversimplification of an offense ever, but it really is that simple. So your predictions for Game Three: mm. Will Denver be able to go from mile high to seaside and end? an opportunity to, to try to take home court advantage back? I think so. I think so. But I'm not feeling all that confident about it anymore. Like, you know, after game one, I, I predicted at the start of the series, Nuggets in five. After game one, I stayed firm on that prediction. After game two, I definitely shifted it to Nuggets in six. But it's a cautious I think so from me on uh, will they win tonight. But, man, I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, here's what I'm seeing. Have no clue about game three. Have no clue. Game four. I think they split these two again. Game four will give me a better understanding. Yeah. I can give you a, a, a clear-cut winner in game four. Game three tonight, to me, it's must-see television. It's a three-and-a-half-point spread. I mean, it tells and, you what and, Vegas and thinks of it. here's what's happening. You start looking at those spreads. I want to say game one might have been nine-and-a-half. Yep. I think games one and two were actually quite similar. I think game two was like eight. Something so, like that. so you're starting to see it shrink, and, and it's because now the Heat saying, uh, "No, sir, we're not getting swept. That's not what's going to happen here. We're, we're here to play great basketball." And the the mentality that they're having is, "Look, Tupac, me against the world," is what you're seeing for the Miami Heat. And that locker room, because they feel they're getting no respect, and they have to go out and take it from the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Denver Nuggets, to me, same thing with, with Bam and Butler having to have great games. You, you need Murray to show up. Murray's got to get maybe 25-plus. Yeah. Because the Joker, he doesn't have to. He can score 12 points, have 15 assists, and have 12 rebounds and get his triple-double. But if he has 12 to 15 assists, that means that Murray and everybody else on that roster are knocking down shots. So I just, game three, just not quite sure. I can give you a game four winner for sure. <laughs> well, who's the game three, four I'm winner? Sure it depends on what happens again. <laughs> That's such a cop out, man. So you won't tell me what's going to happen no, in game three, but no, you I will tell you, me what happens split. in game four, depending on game. Yeah, that's what you said for game one and two. Split. And you were right, admittedly, okay. but it feels like, you know, eh, it feels like a cop out here. I want game I want to know who's no I want to know who's going to win tonight. Game three. I have no clue. I want to know. I have no clue. I want you to tell go, me go with Vegas. Vegas is telling you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Vegas is telling well, you. I want to know from you. I have no clue. It, no clue. That that's I have. All right, no I'm gonna clue. I'm gonna count to three and then you throw out a team. Ready? One, two, three. No clue. Oh. still no clue. No clue. It, it's it's either it it can go either way. 
tonight. And, and I really think the fact that, again, if either team gets up double figures, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see that team go ahead and close the game out one way or the other and, and either leave from start to finish. So you're, you're taking the John Ricchetti method here. He, he's mastered this. Whenever a major comes up, it's like, oh, well, I think a first-time winner is going to win this major. Okay. I mean, there there's like 50 first-time major winners in the, in the field, John. Who's actually going to win the thing? And it may, maybe I can sometimes pull a name out of him, but... Mm. No, I, I will say this, that I agree with Jared Bates. I mean, you, you're looking at double digits one way or the other, and it won't come down to the final shot. Now, does that make for great basketball? <laughs> Absolutely, when it comes down to that last possession the way it did on Sunday. Denver tonight by 10. That's what I'm going with. Well, I will say this. Coming to the studio tomorrow, and when I meet with you, if Denver has won this game, then I'm gonna go Miami. That's fine. I, I probably, I honestly probably will too. Uh, especially when we're talking about this on Friday, having the same discussion previewing Game Four. Uh, so you know, but well, if Miami wins, I'll pick Denver. <laughs> You're finding a way out of this. I don't like it. It, it. It's just the way that basketball is played, and, and looking at the odds shrinking from from nine points to eight points and and just getting a little closer and closer it just shows that the heater are playing with a lot of confidence and, and on the flip side of that i know that we'll go from from basketball over to another circular ball and that being the soccer ball and and, and soccer doesn't take a lot of a, a, a lot of credit or doesn't get a lot of coverage but when when you're one of the star players in, in Lionel Messi and hold on let's let's make sure you have this right before we talk about it we're talking about the greatest player to ever step foot on a soccer field oh right now. wait a minute now you ever heard of Pele I've heard of Pele well you better heard of Maradona I've heard of Maradona pay some respects I'm, to Pele, I, I, I'm paying respects but we are talking about the greatest player to ever step foot on a soccer field right now that Pele. by the way no, Messi. Uh, that is coming to America, if you haven't heard. Messi is going to be playing for Inter-Miami in the MLS. So, like, you know, you read that headline if you're not a soccer fan, which I wouldn't even really say I'm a soccer fan. I just know a little bit about it. Probably, I'm more. a World Cup guy. That's, yeah, that's well, when I follow soccer. If, I'll tell you what. If you're not a World Cup guy, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if you don't like I the World Cup, uh, you know, I, what do you like? Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think that headline came out and, People who don't like soccer say, eh, but it is really a, a huge deal. Uh, it's certainly the biggest name player that the MLS has ever had. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be big for soccer in America, no matter how you feel about it. It's it's pretty dang cool, man. The uh, In my opinion, I'll qualify that, the greatest player of all time is Pele. spending the twilight of his career in America. So it, it really is cool stuff. Well, the, the fact that you have an opportunity to – to, to, did you see what his investments were as far as signing this contract? I imagine they're large. I didn't and, see and, the numbers. And that's, that's, to me, what the biggest difference is when you start having an opportunity to get a share of revenue generated by new subscribers for MLS Season Pass along with Adidas giving some profit sharing Apple TV plus ch chips in. Yeah. So so now what you're doing, I know that there was a tweet earlier 
today by Joe Pompliano, and he was talking about David Beckham, right? Mm -hmm. He says, David Beckham's move to MLS is one of the best sports business deals ever. Earned $255 million over five years. Jeez. Purchased Inter-Miami for $25 million. Now, he purchased the team that he's coming to for $25 Okay, okay? so I didn't even know that. And now... That Miami franchise is valued at $600 million. Okay, and now they pick up Lionel Messi. All right, and now it goes from $600 million to a billion-dollar soccer franchise. Now, how's that for math if you're David Beckham? Not David Beckham, quite the businessman as well as uh, he was a heck of a player as well. Man, that's those are some numbers you just threw at me. Hard to wrap my head around those. You, 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 Twenty-five million is what he purchased the franchise for. Okay, and now it's worth one billion. I can't. Come on. I can't. I can't wrap and my he, head and around. And he that. already earned two hundred and fifty-five million. David Beckham did. So David Beckham's sitting there laughing at everybody. And you were talking about taking it to the bank or 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 gold. I mean that that's that's incredible. That is incredible. And I just like the fact that, you know, Messi decided to go ahead and come to the States. I know, it's gonna be and, cool. And, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I you know, when I used to watch soccer more when I was younger, I was I was a big messy guy. So, you know, the uh, the twelve year old is is very happy about this one. Only thirty five years old, still having it in and He's still a beast, man. By investing into it, I'm still going to say it, Bronner. Pele. That's the fine. Greatest soccer player of all time. That's fine. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBount and my producer, Michael Bronner. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with my producer, Michael Brauner. And, of course, here, here's some interesting information about the Super Regionals. Of course, Alabama plays Wake Forest on Saturday at 11 a.m., but Indiana State was scheduled to host its first ever NCAA Super Regional. But they weren't able to do so, Bronner. Do you know why they weren't able to host their first ever Super Regional? No, tell me. They didn't have enough hotels. Do you know why they didn't have enough hotels? Why not? Special Olympics forced... Indiana State to have to play at TCU and really? because of that now as a show of solidarity and I love this gesture right here TCU fans have poured in over $25,000 to the Special Olympics of Indiana as a way to show love to Indiana State for not being able to to 
host. Now, again, the first ever NCAA Super Regionals, Indiana State was supposed to host. But because of the overcrowding due to the Special Olympics being in town, it's one of those things that you just can't foresee. It's it, But I love the fact that TCU fans have, have ponied up $25,000 and have probably wound up growing more than that to the Special Olympics of Indiana also. Yeah, that's a nice uh that's a nice feel good story there. You like to hear that. Oh, yeah, I mean it definitely gives you gives you faith and hope in, in mankind because that's what it's all about. And I can only imagine, you know, in school history having and being rewarded for the first time in school history making it to the Super Regionals cuz it's hard enough to to make it to the NCAA tournament. But then when you get to the Super Regionals and you're like, okay, well, we want all our fans to come out and support from near and far, and you're not able to do that because of a previous booking. And then that previous booking being the Special Olympics and then being able to find a great cause like the Special Olympics, kudos. It's just something you don't see a lot of. And and I like that and, and the fact that, you know, you have people that understand that are putting people first ahead of hotel rooms and, and being selfish and, and you're being giving. And, and that's what, that's what, that's what we need to see more of. And, and, and whoever decided to continue to donate that money, they get it. They understand. And, and that's what it's all about. Michael Braun. Absolutely. You, yeah, I could, I can't put it perfectly put it more perfectly than you did, man. Well, you know, speaking of, of, of baseball tonight, you have Oklahoma, fifty-nine and one, taking on Florida State, fifty-eight and nine in the Women's College World Series. Going to be played right around the same time as the NBA Finals. So, during commercial break or in between innings or whatever it is, you you can flip back and forth in between the Women's College World Series. And the NBA Finals, two great sporting events. But Oklahoma trying to solidify its dynasty of becoming one of the greatest college teams. Not college softball teams, but collegiate programs of all time. That game, number one, starting tonight. Now, do you like Oklahoma to to continue its winning ways and, and be considered one of the most dominant collegiate teams of all time? No, I'm going to pick against them. Of course I like them. Well, you, you got people who are picking against them. I mean, if you're a Florida State fan, you have an opportunity to, to say, hey, look, I, I think we can beat them. Why wouldn't you? I mean. Well, sure, it's not impossible. But, no, I am not going to uh, to pick against them. But but the fact that you know you you can flip in between commercial breaks and have an opportunity to to see a little bit of that, I think that that part is great. You, you hate that it's being played at the same time, but you know the, when they played earlier this year, March fourteenth, it was five to four. It's not like they run ruled fair enough the Florida State Seminoles. So so I think that Oklahoma can definitely take. It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, 
Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Michael Bronner on that Prince for me here celebrating Prince's birthday today. 65 years old is what Prince would have been. And, of course, Little Purple Rain and Raspberry Beret to go with your afternoon. I got your Little Red Corvette on an outro, too. You didn't say nothing. Hey, hey look, you, you have to love the fact that you're in tune to what's going on with today's date and it being prince's birthday so kudos to to my producer michael Bronner getting the prince in today is paying homage to to one of the greatest artists of all time and you know w what is is great is the fact that a lot of schools in mobile county have their own stadium here in 2023 and I know the excitement that goes into it, but the groundbreaking that took place today at St. Michael as the opening kickoff had an opportunity to travel over there. And I know you you went over and heard some of the things that future NFL Hall of Famer Philip Rivers, who is the head coach of the St. Michael Cardinals, I, I know that you know you guys talked everything from groundbreaking to to even NIL. Yeah, I, I didn't get a uh, a ton of time with Coach Rivers, but uh, you know, I got a couple of minutes of audio that we'll go ahead and, and share with you guys. Uh, Coach, this is the first time I've been out here, like you said, at Land for days. I mean, what, just tell me about the advantage that building y'all's own stadium is going to give your program. Well, I just think anytime you have a place that's your home, uh, obviously that's huge. You know, it's huge for the all the students, uh, for the for the for your for your players as well. That it's your own home, and we've we've had unbelievable hosts for our home games in Fairhope, and I know our baseball team's been in Daphne and softball's in Daphne and uh, at, the, at those sports plexes. We've been in Fairhope, and they've been so generous to have us there, and it's a great place to play, but it's not ours. You know, it's not ours. So everybody wants to have their, their home stadium that they take pride in, that our students come to their school to go to ball games, and uh, so it, it is, uh, it's exciting, and, uh, you know, look forward to kind of seeing how the, how the progress, see the progress we make here in the coming, coming months and years. Talk a little bit about the uh, development of the St. Michael program since you've been here. Well, we're heading in the right direction. I can tell you that. You know, we won six games uh, two years ago, won five last year, and uh, we've been tied for fourth, you know, and just missing a tiebreaker both years in, in postseason, um, which which isn't good enough. You know, isn't good enough. But I think, again, it's that next step. We lost 18 region games in a row, and now you look back, and I think we've won, shoot, I don't know, eight or nine in the last two years. So, um, you know, we, we got a tough region one. We play a tough non-region schedule, and uh, our guys are hungry to, to play that 11th game and get in that postseason. So um, we're heading in the right direction. Direction. Uh, it's a heck of a challenge here. There's a lot of good football, a lot of good high school football around here. And uh, but our guys are our guys are up for the challenge. Last thing I want to ask you: uh, some we've been talking a lot about this week. Obviously, the the hot topic around you know high school and college football really has been NIL. You know, Nick Saban headed to Washington this week to meet with government officials. Do you have any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on how to get a handle on the whole thing in general? Well, I think it just got away from 
uh, got away from everybody faster than anybody anticipated. You know, I think back, and I don't know if this is accurate. This is just my memory of it. Is I feel like Steve Spurrier, 20 years, 15 years ago, you know, was 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 pushing for, hey, let's pay these guys, you know, something, stipend or something, you know, 1,500 bucks, and 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 I think if it had got ahead of it, then you, you, this wouldn't exist. You know, this wouldn't exist. It was guys that, it, it's, it, you know, it was, it was guys that are playing for. For colleges, universities that are making tons of money, and they, you know, they want a little extra money to pay the rent and to, and to be able to get by during the summer and those kind of things. But now it's turned into we're talking billions of dollars. These these young eighteen year olds, where it used to be a big deal to get a free education for four years and housing, you know, now it's like that's nothing. So it is tough. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here, but uh, it certainly changed the whole landscape of college college athletics. Michael Bronner having an opportunity to talk and interview head coach. Philip Rivers at the St. Michael Cardinals groundbreaking ceremony and, and breaking the ground first for the football stadium and going to do it in phases to where they do build a softball field, a baseball field, a soccer field. I've seen the blueprints and the, and the plans from above and, and it really, it's going to look nice and there's plenty of land there in that community to do that in. Yeah. Like I, like I said at the beginning of the interview there, I had never been out there, and I was, you know, my jaw was dropped just at the amount of land that they have to work with. It's, you know, it's beautiful to look at the uh, the amount of real estate they just have to work with, and uh, it's going to look awesome, man. The fact that they're going to have a stadium on campus, obviously, that's been a big topic of discussion in general with high school football in the area. You know, BC Rain and Viger and all these schools that are opening up new stadiums now. St. Michael, and you know, I I don't know how long the construction is going to take or when they're planning on opening it. But but you know, they're, they're breaking ground. They they got the shovels out today, and the process is certainly getting started. So certainly very exciting things happening over there in Fairhope across the Bay. Well, it has to start somewhere. And, and a year from now, again, they, they'll be able to have their own stadium and be able to look in into their own end zone and have their own fans on their own campus and be able to walk out. And that's something that you love to see growths of schools, whether you look at, the growth of Cottage Hill, you look at the growth of Mobile Christian or Faith Academy, you, you just see growth in schools. And, and Baker you and Murphy, you know, it's kind of landlocked, but whether when you have on-campus stadiums, it, it just hits a little bit different. And I know when I did the PA announcing for the spring game with LaFleur and Blunt being an alum of LaFleur and knowing that where a dirt pit was, you built a football stadium. And having that in the community, can't wait until the second week in August to see all these schools turn in dreams into reality and having an opportunity to see that. Now, now, what, what was a dream here in Mobile, Alabama in 2018 at the Senior Bowl was, was Josh Allen. And Josh Allen turned his dreams into reality, seeing himself on the cover now officially being named the cover guy, cover boy is, is kind of what we used to call it, for the Madden franchise moving forward. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday, and uh, today it became official. So 
good for Josh Allen, good for Buffalo. Certainly an exciting thing there. Uh, you always like to see who the cover athlete's going to be, and I believe August 18th is when the game comes out. So there you go. Well, the biggest thing for the players, Michael Bronner, is the, the ratings and the rankings, whether it's arm strength, whether it's speed, or whether it's overall. So I don't know if you've had a, a sneak peek, but if you were if you were grading Josh Allen yourself for the Madden game, what would you give him? Mm. Overall. Like a 90, 93, 94. That's fair. I mean, if Mahomes is, overall, is a 99. He, like he says he's hoping he's above 92. And that's where he was <laughs> as far as, you know, the week-to-week updates they give you in Madden now to where if you're injured, they pull you out. Used to, in, it wasn't real time in real life to where if a quarterback was out for the season in week three with a torn ACL, well, you could keep playing with yeah. him. Well, well, now when you're playing in real time Madden, you, you're, his score went up to a 96 a year ago. Yeah. And I think that's fair. It's right up there. But, but I still will say I, I wanted to see Jalen Hurts on the cover. I, I think that one. if Jalen Hurts has another phenomenal season, and even if Philadelphia makes it to the Super Bowl and doesn't win it again, I think you'll see Jalen Hurts on He'll the cover. Get one. Real quick, not to uh, not to sidetrack, I just know we have limited time because of the double team coming up at 530, but what did you think of uh, what Coach Rivers had to say about the NIL stuff? I think he kind of echoes the sentiment of, of a lot of people. Like, well, what is the next step? I don't know. Like, it, was, it isn't obviously being used how it was initially planned on being used. And, you know, he went as far back as Steve Spurrier with that. I, well, that's I, a great reference. Yeah. A great reference. And he's exactly right. That's what Steve Spurrier was lobbying for. But what people were offsetting that, saying, all right, we, we already give you room, books, and, and we give you meals as well, so you don't need anything outside of, of your meal plan. You don't need anything outside of the books we're giving you and, and, and your tuition that we're paying you. But, again, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube, and you're not going to be able to, to push it back in. And I think that because you're not able to push it back in the tube, that's that's where we are. I, I think that, you know, athletes are going to get paid. It's going to be the have and have nots, and it's not going to change, Michael Bronner. It's not going to change at all. A as we prepare for, for our next segment, <laughs> it, it's what national day is it? What national day is it? There's some good ones today. Some great ones coming up next here on the final drive, and – as I was looking at what national day it was, one of them's pretty daggum good and pretty near and dear to my heart. We'll see if you guys feel the same way next year on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Hey, this is Jake Tilford, quarterback at Alabama. And when I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening to WNSP. for you as we celebrate Prince's birthday and Michael Bronner I know we also have a new segment and a little bit of a sounder for the segment too what day is it Mike listen guess what today is <laughs> what day is it that's right national what day is it 
June 7th, you can look at the holidays, of course, Global Running Day. Mike, have you got your running in today on Global Running Day? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, of course, this is World Caring Day, so I know you've had to, to care about something today. Hey, so I care about you. World Caring Day and, of course. How sweet. <laughs> absolutely. June Bug Day, Michael Bronner. <laughs> How about that one? June Bug. You seen any June bugs here in Mobile? I don't really know what a June bug is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say this. I guarantee you know what the next one is. It's my favorite. It's National Chocolate mm. Ice Cream Day. That's my favorite, too. And, and I'm definitely, when I leave the show, I'm definitely going to have to stop by and go ahead and get a little chocolate ice cream on, Where on National Chocolate what kind? Ice Cream Day. What kind? Uh, I'm just gonna go straight chocolate. I mean, it, no, it, but like chocolate brownie it is my favorite. Chocolate brownie. I mean, a brand. Um, well, it used to be Baskin and Robbins, but but I'm a Ben and Jerry's guy. That's good. I will go Ben and Jerry's. That's all. I I can't deliver any kind of pushback on that one. That's uh, you can never go wrong with some Ben and Jerry's. National Chocolate Ice Cream Day, Ben and Jerry's. Now, here, here's one, folks. That, that I know Michael Bronner has, he has no clue as to this one, probably has never even heard of it. National VCR Day. <laughs> Tell me what VCR stands for, Michael. Oh, man. I know the V is probably video. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe, the R, the maybe the R is receiver? I don't. I don't know. Right, I don't folks, know what it. Folks, help him out. I know what a VCR is. I, I have no idea what it stands he for. Help Michael Bronner out in the app. He does not know what VCR stands for. Video content receiver. <laughs> is that it? Hey, keep working. You're get. You, hey, I like that. That's pretty creative. Video content. What'd you say? Receiver. Video content receiver. Is that not it? It is National VCR Day. And. We're going to – come on. Somebody says Old Dutch is the best. Well, nothing wrong with Old Dutch either. Can't go wrong with – but they don't have the, the, the brownies in, in their chocolate ice cream. But What does VCR stand for? Video cassette uh, recorder. Uh, VCR I is, see. you know, a little something that when you put in that tape and, and – No, I know what it is. That, 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 wasn't, the, that wasn't the question. Video cassette recorder, VCR. Mm. Now, now let me ask you this: ha Have you ever, have you ever put in a VCR tape before? Well, it's been a minute, but yeah, I've I've used a VCR before. Well, that you know that when people say now coaches say let's go to the DVD, they don't they don't say let's go to the VCR. Let's go to the tape. But it's not actually it's tape. not actually tape anymore. It, it's not tape anymore. It used to be let's go. You know you can't go wrong with saying let's go to the film. Yeah, because the film is still what you're actually watching, but it used, you know, the film strip, you still have strips in, in VCR cassette tapes, but video cassette recorder there, Michael Bronner, a little bit of history there on what day is today. And of course, tomorrow being June 8th, we'll, we'll bring you everything that's going on today, but National, National Chocolate o Ice National Cream Day. Oklahoma Day as National well. Oklahoma take, take Day. National Oklahoma Day. Now, I'm not really familiar with what National Oklahoma Day is you ever I, been there? I have been to OKC, and and you know it's just it's flat. 
they have a nice zoo there in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, but, get Big Game Boomer on to talk about National Oklahoma Day. It, find out what I'm National Oklahoma Day is. And, of course, tomorrow being June 8th, we'll, we'll give you some insight on what it is nationally. And I just was fascinated and got started with this for sure about National Donut Day being last Friday. And, you know, every single day on the calendar, there's multiple days that you could choose from. And we thank you for choosing the final drive on this hump day. And we're going to make room for the double team NBA action, NBA finals game three tonight. Steven Root in the building along with Triple G. Nick Wiggins will be breaking down the NBA finals and NBA draft and everything NBA on the double team coming up next here on the final drive. Thanks for checking in this afternoon. Corey LeBounty and Michael Braun. Showtime boxing analyst Steve Farhood, and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNSD.